0: Welcome to session 170 of the Scanner School Podcast, where we teach you everything you want to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today's podcast is sponsored by this month's webinar, Why Every Scanner User Needs a Software Defined Radio, the number one underrated tool that should be in your setup. This free live webinar will be held tonight, March 23rd, 2021 at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. Virtual seats are still limited and available, and you can sign up at ScannerSchool.com slash webinar. Now, if you're listening to this podcast after that date, don't worry. You can still go to ScannerSchool.com slash webinar and catch a replay. All the notes from today's podcast can be found on our website at ScannerSchool.com slash session 170. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform where we have three different support tiers- each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are... Blurpy Benner, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, David C., Denny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Eddie K, Edward Bramblett, Evan Barak, Gary Fletcher, Guy Lee, James Broxen, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Robert, Robert Kansler, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. My name is Phil Ecktonberger and my amateur radio call sign is W2LE and welcome back to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby and we are looking to help you with your scanner radio questions. If something about this hobby has you just a little bit confused, a little bit stumped, you need a little bit of extra help, we're here to help. Every Tuesday, the first Tuesday rather of every month, we host an Ask Scanner School session. Not only do we host it here on the podcast, but we also host a live YouTube and Facebook, and now we're on Twitter or, or Periscope. We're answering questions, okay? But I need your questions to answer those questions. So, leave us a voicemail message at 516-308-2885, or use the speak Pipe button on the Ask page. Again, Scannerschool.com slash Ask. Now, again, why those two sessions or those two reasons? Because if you use our SpeakPipe or our voicemail number, you'll be in the running for a free tutoring call, okay? Again, you can still leave us an email or a message via that portal as well. But again, we like to incentivize you to come on the podcast and ask your question in person. Okay, so today we are joined by our first guest from the United Kingdom, and I am very excited That is John Hudson, one of the co-creators of the SDR Play device. John Hudson teamed up with some other UK engineers to create SDR Play Limited, and they created one of the best wideband software-defined receivers on the market. Not only does SDR Play make and design their own hardware, but they also have their own software that complements the hardware perfectly. It is a beauty. It, it is gorgeous, the way that these two things work together. And when you design the hardware and the software to work hand-in-hand, it's magic. So I'm not going to do all this because we talk about a lot of this in, in our conversation. So I'd like to welcome John Hudson, G4ABQ, onto the podcast. John, thank you so much for joining us today on the Scanner School Podcast. It's really an honor to have you on here.
1: Well, it's great to, uh, to be invited Thanks, Phil.
0: Great. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit, you guys developed a SDR product. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you guys have been uh, working on?
1: Okay. Well, we've, um, for the last few years, been bringing out uh, SDR radios, primarily for the the hobby market. I guess radio amateurs probably form the biggest... uh, Sort of group of customers, but um, we basically make an SDR, a software-defined radio. And what an SDR is, if you imagine traditionally a radio had to take those signals from your antenna and select the ones you wanted, filter out the ones you don't, convert that into a signal that can be demodulated in the case of voice, in the case of digital signals, you had to then feed it on into a computer. It was all done traditionally with Hardware and going back probably 20 years ago, the first computers were powerful enough to start to be able to do a significant amount of the signal chain processing in software on a host computer, and that meant you could partition the task of taking a radio signal and just doing a certain amount of pre processing and preparation to, and then an analog to digital conversion to convert that radio signal into a stream of data that a computer was capable of going on to process. And over time, as computers have got more and more powerful and lower lower cost, it means that your average Windows laptop of five or 10 years old even is perfectly adequate to allow you to uh, pick up quite a span of spectrum all in one go. And this means two things. One is that you can visualize the signals instead of just having to spin that dial to spot them. And the second thing is that um, you can post-process multiple signals simultaneously within that slice of spectrum. And as time goes on, the spectrum sizes get bigger and the the processing power gets more and more. And we're on this kind of journey of ever-improving capability. So SDR Play is about seven years old as a company, and we're just a small group of uh, engineers in the UK from quite an eclectic background. But at the core of it was some people from a company called Mirix, and led by a guy called Simon Atkinson, who's the kind of uh, chief architect and uh, visionary, if you like. He had worked with Mirix at software-defined radio technology for embedding in cell phones and high-end computers. Because going back a few years, the real high-end cell phones also had a radio feature built in so you could actually pick up multiple, depending on what country of the world you're in, the Japanese were watching terrestrial TV, people were often using FM with headphones. And these chips were kind of like uh, almost over-specced. They could cover from long wave up to l-band and obviously as time went on 5g came the wi-fi was ubiquitous and of course the the cell phone guys they want to know what you're consuming so they don't really want you kind of just zooming around tuning into stuff for yourself
0: right (laughs) you could argue
1: they could shazam what you're listening to music wise so actually that market kind of just plateaued and then fell away and okay. so uh, but what Mirix found was people just as they were starting to use the really cheap tv dongles said hey your chips are really cool you could come up with a, basically a communications receiver covering uh, from long wave to up to two gigs can, can we buy the chips and the problem with that is that um, it's a very niche market and getting those we suddenly thought, well, why don't we set about creating this fantastic capability that's kind of one up from the cheap dongles that gives mm-hmm. for you know, and our entry product is 119 bucks from HRO. Right. The RSP1A is this, as cheap as we could make it. It's single antenna in a USB connection. You plug it into your um, your PC, and you've got this fantastic receiver. So. We started in uh, 2014. We had the very original RSP1. We've now actually got three production products. So there's the RSP1A, which is, like I say, the entry-level product, which has the basic um, functionality of one kilohertz, two gigahertz coverage, and you can see a slice of spectrum of up to 10 megahertz anywhere, going from One kilohertz to two gigahertz, so that's our entry level product. Then, then we've got the RSPDX, which is that's more like a couple of hundred bucks, but that comes Mm -hmm. in a steel, rugged steel case. It really looks looks nice on the desk, and the key thing here is it's got multiple antennas. Right. So this, uh, because there's really no single antenna that can cover, you know, shortwave and dump 1090 ADS-B simultaneously. So you typically, as you spin that dial with, with multiple antenna sockets, it will allow you to switch from one antenna to another without having to kind of keep unplugging and plugging them in again. So it's got these software sleds and sleds while antenna ports. It's also got some enhanced performance for very low frequencies, below 2 MHz. It's got an external clock input for GPS accuracy, for very, very accurate um, frequency adjustment. And then, actually, particularly of interest to the the aircraft spotters is the RSP Duo, which is actually a dual-tuner version of the RSP family. So here, you can simultaneously look at two totally separate bits of spectrum at the same time. For example, you could be using one for ADS-B listening, uh, picking up the telemetry, all the flight information that ends up on Flight Radar 24, but picking up up directly from the aircraft in your vicinity, while at the same time with the other tuner, you could be down on um, 120 megs, 118 to 136 ATC spectrum, listening to the voice channels so it's um at the moment you have to kind of just set this up yourself and one of the things we're working on is a plugin which will do this do all the setup automatically for you for those two applications at the same time so that so that's what we do we 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 create the hardware we design them and the i guess a lot of people start out with SDR. The cheapest way to start out is to get a good quality RTL SDR dongle. Uh, right. These are like twenty, thirty bucks. Beware of some of the fake, cheap <laughs> yes. versions. Or the
0: early, the the very early generations, right? Those... Or some of the early ones. Yes. There's still
1: quite a learning curve there. They they are you know tricky, but it's it's if budgets are tight. The great thing with this stuff is, Phil, if you've already got a computer, if you've already mm-hmm. got a PC, that's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. You already own the hard,
0: half the hardware. You got, yeah, you own more. most of the radio right there. It's just yeah, the computer, yeah. right? you
1: just got to get an antenna and the uh, the front something. And, and, and the right. dongle will get you going. It, it um, doesn't cover the span that we've got. It doesn't give you as much visibility. It's quite sensitive, and depending on where you live, they're very prone to problems of um, interference from yes. in big interferers. The sort of things just, just to say, the difference when you pay a bit more and have an RSP is you get, you know, a whole bunch of front-end uh, filters, okay. you get Notch filters for the big interferers, like over here, DAB, AM band, FM band, where the big megawatt transmitters may be, you know, causing all sorts of artifacts and problems. You can basically notch those out and that just hammers them with a 50, 40 or 50 dB attenuation, uh, for the, for those problem areas. And it just gives you a clear, okay. cleaner signals. So when you get started, you, with the dongle, The other thing is that as the software changes, what we try to do, because we produce our own SDR Uno software for Windows, we take a lot of time to try to ensure that it works seamlessly out of the box. So you buy our hardware, you download our software, Mm -hmm. and it unpacks and kind of works, which I think for a lot of people who've never really jumped into SDR could be a factor. It's like anything really, Phil. It depends what, where you get your kicks. If it's the challenge, maybe, you know, it is good to start. Let's start low cost. Make sure it's something I want to get into. Start with a dongle. If yep. you want something that's going to just kind of get you up and running and receiving signals that bit faster, then our RSPs are attempting to, to, to address that.
0: Right. And again, too, it's, I I kind of equate it to like the Apple of the SDR world, right? Because Apple makes the hardware and the software. It's all, it's all in one. Whereas I don't know if it's, if you guys, you know, think the same way, but it's, you guys are making the hardware and you guys making the software. So it's a whole in one solution that everything kind of works together. And the software is, is very, very polished. I mean, the software is, is, is very beautiful. So let's, let's back, if you don't mind backtracking a little bit, because we covered, a whole lot in the first eight minutes or so here. <laughs> so the you've got three flavors, and these are generation two flavors now at this point, right? You had the the RSP one, now the RA, and then it was an original RSP DX that you've now replaced. Well, the RSP DX yeah, is so the current the, line. Yeah, so,
1: so her, yeah, there was the original RSP one, which um, mm-hmm. was really our first product, and we you know it was okay, but we we learned as we as we got right. into well, it. everybody in, does, Virginia. yeah. And so the RSP one A is the the current. Modern version of the original RSP one, and it has you know improved filtering. It's got better temperature yeah. stability and a bunch of other stuff,
0: which is very um, important too.
1: So that's that's the history of the of the uh, the entry level uh, first okay. lowest price product. Then we had for a while we had the RSP two, and that came in two forms. There was an RSP two and an RSP two Pro, and the only difference was a plastic case to a metal case.
0: Gotcha. So okay.
1: that rsp2 was pretty pretty good it had the um uh, the extra antennas to so, so software selectable antennas it had the uh, external clock inputs and and um it started to add additional notch filters for uh for the broadcast bands that got superseded uh, a year or so back by the rspdx which is we found actually that the people liked the, the that metal case so much that we've nice. said it's a nice to touch just, you know no that, pun intended
0: yeah. but when you when yeah, you yeah. when you have the, the device in your hand and you're holding it i mean it feels like it's a substantial piece of radio in any hand. It's not, yeah. I mean, a lot of the radios you get these days too, they're, they're plastic based. So even like yeah. the amateur radios that you get, even commercial radios, right? They've all got that plastic shell on the outside of it. I mean, this is, yeah. you pick this thing up and it's like, and, and you put it down on the desk, you know, you've got serious something serious paperweight. <laughs> <Exactly>. well, because,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so,
1: so, um so it's available just as, as a metal case. it, it has this enhanced performance below two megahertz. It's got an additional for, There's a lot of people who like to go after these, uh, non-directional beacons down at, in the hundreds of kilohertz. Yep. And yep. That, they go chasing that stuff. And, um, there's a whole bunch of people who enjoy all the antenna experimentation involved in, because you're talking about wavelengths, which are tens of miles long, you know. Yes, <laughs> And yes. so the normal, even the magnetic loops that go pretty low start to uh, run into difficulties. So so there's a whole world there that is addressed also by the RSP-DX. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the, the RSP-DUO came out uh, just before we brought the DX, and that's the dual tuner. And, right. um, and that's, um, you know, like I say, for these simultaneous – I hear from – I'm I'm not that close to the sort of scanning community personally. But what I hear is that a lot of um, these people, you know, they t- typically have different generations of scanners. Mm-hmm. And what they really enjoy is with these uh, SDRs is they start to just leave one now here. Um, and people – they may have a mixture of dongles. And RSPs, and then they just leave them going, and they just uh, set them, set the scanner software running, and, uh, and just come back and see what's there. And it's kind right. of a constant thing. And to be able to do two channels with one device is um, not two channels, two totally different um, scans. One could be scanning ATC, another one could be scanning some, you know, military band.
0: Right now, can can the duo do? Because you're saying too, your your products do 10 megahertz of bandwidth at you know visible bandwidth at a time. Does the duo do two 10 megahertz, or is it no? Is it compressed? No, okay, it,
1: everything that we do, it has to go down the USB connection to the mm-hmm. computer, and that does give a a kind of throttling bottleneck, cap- right. limitation. So we're actually limited to two separate two megahertz chunks. So you can have okay. now. With a scanner, I should say, the scanner actually scans from start to stop. It's actually doing a scan. So that's, so the scanner can run with one instance of SDR Uno and you can just set it running across, you know, tens, tens of megahertz. But at any point in time when it finds the signal and stops, you've only then got up to two, two megahertz visibility.
0: Gotcha. All right, so that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah.
1: So the, there's the three the three products, and um, obviously we're not close to anything new in the, in the very near future, but we're always looking at future. You know, of
0: course. Of course, there's always and tweaks credits. and everything else. And yeah, yeah. exactly. What what you what did you learn from this product that you can then bring on to the next one? And that's just exactly. the the, na- the natural evolution of any of any product. So you were talking about the front end notch filters as well on these and the software selectable, the RSP DX those are software selectable. So that's something uh, the, the, the Nashville is software selectable as well. Cause if say somebody wanted to listen yes. to AM and they want to do MDX thing, that's perfect then. Okay. That's and, right. So if you,
1: yeah, if you want to hear this stuff, obviously you don't uh, notch it out. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, that, that was, you know, I just want to clarify that. So, yeah, no. but again, you know, you, well, you brought on a good point too. You know, somebody may come into this with their $30 RTL version, right? Just to, just to get their feet wet and to see where things are going and how things are progressing and, and what they can do with it. And then all of a sudden though, so you know, you, you start going, okay, there's there's the 2.4 megahertz that I can see at one time, and you jump through like SDR sharp and you start panning around and you start looking at things. And then you come to an advanced device, something like 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 the, the SDR play device, and then you bring in 10 megahertz. And then all of a sudden you 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 kind of your jaw drops and you, you lean back in your chair and you go, holy cow, I can see all of this now at once. And just to put in perspective of what 10 megahertz can give you, think about just even the, the FM broadcast band. Right, that that would give you from 92 to uh, to 102. I mean, that, that's a lot of radio stations that that just sit just in there. But then when you bring it into something that's not wideband, something that is like public safety or even trunking or something like that, where you've got signals that are 12 and a half kilohertz, right, and then or six six point two five, and you look at how many fit in that 10 megahertz real estate, and all of a sudden now all of a sudden you're seeing all of this stuff in front of you, or you're looking at we, we had somebody on a couple of weeks ago who talked about looking at their uh, smart meters, you know, the water meters and the gas meters and the electrical meters, and you can see them all over the neighborhood, pinging all over the place. Mm. And, and just just the ability to see all of that at once, instead of... Then you just realize like, wow, you've been living in a world that's only 2.4 megahertz wide and it, all it this other stuff speak, that, yeah. that, that it, that's, that's out there. I mean, it's... it's, yeah. But it's more than just it's that. Bit, it's, it,
1: yeah, it's a bit like, you know... That, that, pair of binoculars that has yes. you know a bigger a bigger range of of, um, of panning so right you can go you can go right out wide and then home in on the signal you want so I mean the other thing uh, the scanning software with SDR Uno which was something that uh, came out um, well it's over a year ago now but uh, we're one of the few SDR players to ha- actually have an integrated scanner so it's it's that uh, it's absolutely built it it's not a add-on software it's actually within within the sdr you know software Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now in terms of performance today i wouldn't pretend it is as fast as you know a uniden particularly on memory banks and we're working on that it will get much much faster in version 1.43 which is still a few few months away so so it's probably not apples to apples It, it won't um be as fast if you just set it going through some specific memory banks. However, Great. that's the downside. So once it once it's running, it's it, it will take longer. But it's extremely clean and and because you've got so much control you can set thresholds that give what depending on what ones you want them to stop on that you, you've got really good control over. The scam that's much faster is you can literally stop and start. So you can do the whole airband start at 118 up to whatever 136 megs set set the interval in fact we have preset scans for both the US and the rest of the world okay which have different channel mm-hmm. spaces and you can set that going and again that's probably a bit slower than equivalent but it's um it's pretty respectable and the beauty of it is it's much probably quicker to set up one scan, and then think, oh, I, I now want to change it and do something different. It's very mm. – um, we've got a very nice control panel, which is literally start, stop, interval, and threshold. And it's all visual, so you can actually drag the threshold up and down to the point where it's going to be stopping at sensible signal strengths. So, right,
0: I got so you. So that,
1: that, that's all, all built in. Today, our scheduler is pretty basic, so you just can set it to come on and off at certain times. We're working on a scheduler for the next release of SDI, you know, which really? will allow you to set times, dates, free, uh, repeated sessions for the future, which, again, would enhance the use for uh, sort of scanners. Mm-hmm. So um, scanning is kind of – its of all the, of all our customers, I mean, it's probably only a few percent of them are actually right, particularly right. – Hot on scanning, but the great thing is, ever since we brought the scanner out, we've had nothing but um, praise. And I think we have actually uh, encouraged quite a few people to jump into SDR because of these capabilities. Which uh,
0: and that's exactly that's, the thing too. It's right. it's it's a hand in hand thing. Some people get into SDR and they find their way into scanning. Some people are in the scanning and find their way into SDR. They they kind of do go hand in hand. And a lot of people. We'll we'll start off with you know they, they buy the SDRs because with P twenty five when they try and scan those systems there's simulcast issues and the software can handle that right with with the the cheap dongles and of course as you increase with the more expensive dongles you're just you know like, like you said you're you're increasing all, everything that's on the front end of everything and you know a lot of people get involved with that then they open up like I said they look at two point four megahertz of 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 bandwidth of bandwidth. And they see what they can start doing and they start getting the taste for the SDR environment. And then, like I said, I I upgraded through the ranks, you know, and it's what you can do is it's not just scanning. It's 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 the looking at the spectrum and it's it's finding Mm -hmm. out like, okay, you know, it's late at night. I, I don't I have nothing that's really important to me to listen to. Let me just see what's out there.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
0: I've had plenty of those nights, and I I like to to say the secrets that are in the searches, which is exactly what SDR allows you to do is to is to search out a lot of things in a short period of time because you yeah. can see ten megahertz, and for example is, is I was I was just watching the federal band like three o'clock in the morning, it was a late night, and I couldn't sleep, and I was just watching the computer screen, go hoping that just looking at the screen would would you know strain my eyes and make me tired, and the ability to find—I mean, I, I found the the what should have been the postal police was active at that hour of the night, really active. So um, I'm looking at the signal and pumping it through DSD Plus. It's a DMR channel instead of a P25 channel, and it ended up being a postal sorting facility. So now I found out mm. that one signal is is double used, same 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 agency using it. But instead of being on, you know, P25, it was DMR, and I'm talking to other people who travel the country, they said, oh, yeah, we're finding the same thing out. The postal police use P25, the sorting facilities on the off hours, they'll use DMR Mm -hmm. in the same frequency for just for the sorting. But even still, too, just finding federal trunk systems that I had, I'm too far away, I can't hear it. Well, there they are, clear as a bell coming in. And again, I never would have, because again, I never would have seen it because... With, with the SDR, you see the voice channel spike up, and it's like, okay, there's something yeah. going on here, yeah. and uh, it helps you hone in on it, so it's, I mean, technically, from my my desk here, that's still scanning, but from the other side of the computer where you are, that's more of a software-defined radio type of function, because you're looking at exactly what the SDR is showing you, so that's yeah. that's kind of how the left hand and the right hand kind of work together in, in this...
1: Yeah, so I was going to say, that's particularly uh, cool when maybe the There are things that travel much further during special propagation conditions. It might be Mm -hmm. meteor scatter or it may be a particular temperature inversion causing, you know, VHF to go much further than it should. And so if you know that there's talk or the weather patterns are suggesting there could be a lift on, you can maybe set up a scan that you wouldn't normally bother to do just uh, on the off chance that hey, I can suddenly see the you know s- signals coming from PMR 446 megs or whatever from miles away. Also, right. when um, events are on, I mean, or well, the special activities, frequencies often, uh, depending on where you are in the world, but suddenly get reallocated or special licenses to use unused TV spectrum for
0: yep. whatever.
1: Yep communications and obviously as long as it's not encrypted and you know you're not gonna do anything with the information then um, it's fun to just hear
0: these exactly signals. did you know there are ways to help support the scanner school podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part if you go to scannerschoolcom slash support you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us we have links To Amazon, if you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in the market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in the market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to ScannerSchool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one fee department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every scanner reader user should at least... Put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage, you can do tone-outs, you can keep it silent, you can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scanless, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger the g2s to g5s they do p25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice paging on conventional np25 oh and they're upgradable too to dmr type one and type two they are more rugged than today's consumer based scanners and with a pager like a swiss phone s quad you won't even realize you're wearing one it'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood so again Eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, Phil at Eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out a Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it, or you want to learn how to use Unitronker, DSD, maybe set up a Piaware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works, the podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at ScannerSchool.com consulting for your Scanner Radio one-on-one tutoring session. <coughs> National Communications Magazine is your personal library of Scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and 2A radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com dot com for National Communications magazine. I mean even we got the uh there's a golf course that's about ten minutes from my house. And they use that course for the US Open. The the guy with Tiger Woods was there right. and, and the you know yeah. and uh, just trying to pick out, you know, what all the frequencies are. Of course, when they come into town, it's it's every ten years or so. So you have a very small you know, like a week to to hunt these things out. And again, using an SDR would be the best way to just look at that spectrum you expect them to be on and then just try and find the the signals that keep popping up as opposed to the way I used to be doing it. 'Cause again it was ten years ago, with a search bank and okay, you put the you put the frequencies in you know from last time around, but they could not be existent anymore or even an air show because again you've got pilots who are just keying up and, and letting go really fast. The chances of catching that on a scanner through a search range is is pretty slim because yeah. they're they're in and out so fast. But if you watch the waterfall though on a on a software-defined radio, I mean you'll know bing, 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 bing. And those are the ones you you write down and and yeah. And it really does help you uh, cut through a lot of the noise and a lot of the time on trying to figure things out here. One of the things I wanted to touch base on on the SDR Play product, though, is you said you have the ability to look at large frequencies at the same time. And I'm not, personally right now, at this point yet, too familiar with the SDR Uno software. I'm, I'm, I'm playing around with it a little bit to get my feet wet with it, but I haven't really deep dive super mm-hmm. into the software yet. With this software. I, I, let's 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 do two questions here with this one. The first one is: Can somebody take a RTL dongle and use the SDR Uno software just to play around the software to see if it's something they can get used to?
1: Yes. So what what we've got, because obviously the history of the SDR Uno software was we acquired it for from a company in Italy, called okay. Studio One, and this is going back five years, nearly four or five years, and. Back then, you could buy the Studio One software for $179 just for the software. Just the no software. Hardware, just the software. <laughs> and for that, I think you got a, a security dongle just to make sure you paid your money. <laughs> gotcha. access yep.
0: Dongle. That was the hardware.
1: And <laughs> that was the hardware. Plus, you yep. then provided your own actual SDR. Yeah, your
0: own radio, yeah. Off,
1: uh, your, your radio, and off you went. And it was um, it was pretty popular. But we did a deal with a guy who was kind of looking to retire and uh, we took over this software and um, we did a little bit to it. And then we had this decision to make, which was because we're quite a small company, how to move as fast as we can, make the experience as good as possible for our SDR, RSP customers. And whilst also maintain support for all these other radios. And it was just a tough decision. But we decided, look, we'll just have to kind of uh, move on. And then things like the scanner and all these good features have come since mm-hmm. the point where we branched away from the version that still works with the old dongle, with the original, well, dongles. And it basically, right. there is a version, when you get SDR Uno, you also get an XTIO version. So it's called SDR Play eXTIO. And the mm-hmm. XTIO interface is a common way to... Allow any hardware that supports the XDIo interface to communicate to SDR software. So you can use basically it's uh, it's actually about three years old this software the xtio version so it doesn't support all the latest bells and whistles it right. doesn't support the new plugin infrastructure it doesn't have the scanner but in terms of tuning into signals upside lower sideband am fm stereo tuning around getting the experience of the uh, spectrum display mm-hmm. with your existing dongle it will allow you to do all that so it's kind of again for people who start off with a with a dongle, they mm-hmm. could then and if they're thinking about upgrading to an RSP, they could download our software and and, right. and get a get a feel for it. But obviously
0: it That's could... exactly what I did. That's that's that was <laughs> okay. that's exactly oh, okay. I was leading you into that question to see if it was <laughs> oh, still valid, okay. well, but but oh, <laughs> but that's exactly how that's exactly how I had I had you know, that was my first taste with SDR Uno was was getting through the EX the EXTO right version of that one and playing with the software and um it works great i mean it's it really it's nice to be able to to drive test software for the hardware that you're looking to buy i mean I, so that was a great decision yeah. on your part to be able to still support that so and there is
1: a webinar um maybe i'll send you the link
0: yeah we'll put it in the session after, notes yeah there's a,
1: a webinar specifically on using sti uno okay. with with the dongle you know we if we get time we'll We'll try and bring it a bit more up-to-date, but it, it mm-hmm. always kind of falls behind the, <laughs> below, right. below the line of priorities.
0: Well, yeah, because your focus is on the software that really is specific to the hardware you have out right now. But my other part of that question was, because I didn't know where to go with that one, was um, multi-VFO. Is is that something that's supported in SDR Uno?
1: Yes. Yeah. So SDR okay. Uno will support multiple v, VRXs, virtual – we call them VRXs, virtual okay. receivers – and you nice. can set up as many of these as your CPU will support, really. Really? Uh, so you actually have duplicate control. You have one main control panel that says, right, mm-hmm. I'm using this part of the spectrum. Is so it may be the bottom half of the airband, say 118 to 128. And then you can have, you know, 10 different receivers, actually each one set to a different channel, just quietly listening and then you can mute i mean obviously if if they're all active and you have them all turned on through your audio you have right 10 channels at once but you can mute ones you can wait and visually see oh something's going on on this one unmute Mm -hmm. it so you can in a very manual way you can operate like that
0: gotcha So So I mean, my mind is moving with the different things you can do with that one too i mean that's that and you can that's that's yeah you can record them all too
1: all through so on on the production version with with an rsp you can you can actually pipe them each one through to a to uh one of our plugins is an audio recorder okay within a couple well it's probably only a month or so away we'll have this scheduler that i mentioned that will allow you to be a lot more smart in terms of what channels either from a memory bank or or presets that you want to at midnight this time, I mm-hmm.
0: want to record this this channel. Gotcha. Because so I that, mean, I, I, this... I'm thinking like aviation, that's, that's huge because at certain times of the day, they may shut off a frequency and move everybody over to another one uh, just based on, on band conditions, right? Especially the transatlantic yeah. flights and stuff like that. But I'm thinking even with aviation too, With can, can you take these VFOs and, and I guess you can pipe them out independently to different, I guess, would you be able to send them out to a virtual sound card or they all come out the same tunnel? They the all same come to tunnel, virtual or?
1: audio, virtual audio, Okay, recorders, virtual yeah, ca- virtual virtual audio cables, and okay. then you can pipe them to w- wherever. I mean, okay. some people st- like to use uh, Audacity, for example, because they're familiar with it. It'll pipe right. into Audacity.
0: Okay. Because I'm so, thinking with a cars because we've got you know the the message yeah. the aviation messages because it's not just one frequency I mean it's multiple different frequencies that that the information is going out on and I have JFK Airport and LaGuardia Airport depending on the traffic about thirty to forty five minutes to the west of me so yep. I've got planes all day long coming in and going out and, and I've got Islet MacArthur another hour away the other direction mm-hmm. and it's, you know, so there's this constant traffic going overhead. And just by watching it with my ADS B receiver, you know, you know what's going on. But if I try and just sit on one A car's channel, I can see the other ones piping around you're and missed, I'm saying, well, you're yeah. so, missing so out. There, yeah,
1: the alternative thing you can do, we have um, an IQ recorder which will record the entire okay. spectrum. I think ah. That comes into its own there, where you you say, right, I'm going to select this 10 megahertz slot, and I'm just going to record everything. Now, this does not eat up your hard drive because it's <laughs> like a gig a gigabyte of memory per minute or two, you know. It's but as long as you know you you can run it off to a, a disc or, or or um delete it when you realise there's nothing you really wanted. But that facility is there, and then you can go back. Just as though it was real-time audio, people sometimes get confused because it 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 stores it as a WAV file, Mm -hmm. only in the sense that WAV is a well-defined wrapper for anything, normally an audio file. So, but people do get confused, saying, "I tried to play this WAV file, and I tried (laughs) to play back my recording as a WAV. It's, It's a WAV." file specifically for playing back using sdr uno so you set it to record and record an hour of this stuff and Mm -hmm. then you come back and instead of recording off air you select your file that you've saved and then you it's just like you were connected to an antenna but totally offline you can then you can tune around. You can look at the signal. Oh, there's one. I wonder what that is. Oh, it's a funny data signal. Oh, I need to launch a car's, you know, a, a DSD mm. plus fast lane, whatever, to to decode the P25, whatever you whatever you're doing. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. And, uh,
1: that I mean, the other area with with scanning, of course, is trunk trunking. Mm. And to be honest, where we are there, we've launched this plug-in facility, and there's a lot of um kind of excitement around that and i think there are some developers now looking to add to the community a plugin capability that will start to make this stuff a bit more seamless as of today phil you really i mean there are some again the enthusiasts there's a groups.io um, called SDR Trunk. It's not very big, but if you if you join it and look, there there are people saying, "Yeah, I got my RSPDX working using some Dragon software." I mean, it's <laughs> we, to be honest, don't ask us to support it because we haven't got a <laughs> clue how it works. But right, people. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll provide all. The help with our API, and we're helping the developers. Right. But but it seems that people are starting to find ways of of using the Unitrunker software for mm-hmm. this business of matching up which channel is being used when. Yep. It's interesting because some people say, well, yeah, actually, I just listen to all the channels because it's only time sharing between them. And if I'm listening to them all, I can, I can see them all anyway and I can pick, pick, pick up what's going on. Right. But then there are others who want, they want, look, ah, oh, here's the trunking information. I want that to drive. So I sit, do hear all sides of the conversation yeah. or the yeah. whole conversation before it disappears. And it's in that area where I know. Various unitrunker stuff going on, right? Which people are finding ways to work, but I, I wouldn't say to the newcomer to SDR day one you'll you'll load up your uh, RSP and press a button and be doing trunk radio because it, it's not yet that
0: right. It does take a setup, yeah. It yeah, takes exactly.
1: some setting up, and yep. um,
0: but that just, shouldn't deter I, anybody from it because it's part of the hobby, though. Part of the hobby well, is, is playing so. and I, tinkering, what, you know.
1: And I think as time goes by, people are, are going to come out with more off, you know, yes. one-stop. I'm shot. waiting for
0: that day. That's that's it's where so, I yeah. see everything going. I, I really see the scanner radio hobby morphing more into an SDR-based platform, yes. only because it's it's more universal. And like you were saying, you've got one radio that, that does pretty much. You know, I don't want to say DC to daylight, but it feels that way. You know, it, yeah. it really feels like you can go from the basement bands all the way up into the gigahertz, and anything in between is 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 fair game. So, yeah.
1: if people want to come forward from the scanning community to talk mm-hmm. more about what they want out of um, the SDR Uno plugin software, there's a there's a I'll mention a couple of Facebook groups. There's okay. the S If you just go to groups on Facebook, it's the easiest way to do it, and type in SDR Play, you'll get to the big one, which is all things SDR Play. And um, there's another one specifically on SDR Uno. The first one has uh, 15,000 members. The second has got about seven. So they're very active, very helpful people who can just answer questions. But like I say, only a few percent of them are probably real wizards on scanning specifically. However, there's also a smaller growing Facebook group, which is SDR Uno Plugin Developers. And that group, there's a bunch of developers on there exchanging ideas on doing cool new plugins. And people have, in fact, was a post the other day from Eddie McDonald, I think it was saying, hey, um, anyone interested in a, in a, a smooth version of, Unitrunking software for D S D plus fast lane and you know, he was gonna make a nice little plug in to stitch this stuff together. And I think if gotcha. real scanning buffs come in and say, Well, if you do that, make sure you do this, or don't do that, or right. I only need this, it all <laughs> just helps the steer the um yep. the new software. And
0: right. it is all right. about the software. So but, yep, so that's yep. kinda cool. I know I'm a member of the uh, you were talking before it's too about the groups.io. So oh, that okay. is that's very busy as well, right? The the group site I, I O uh, email list for SDR Uno, uh, or the SDR Play, I forget which one it is. Oh yes, it's it, SDR Play, it's, Play, right?
1: Yes. So. There's a Groups.io. site I O. There's um, there's uh, another SDR Play forum. If you just go to our website and uh, click on Community Links or Community, it's got yes. all the. Mm-hmm links, that's probably the easiest way to do it. I would like to mention, there's a guy in the UK, I'm not sure how big your audience is in the UK, but... We're um, we're,
0: we're pretty global. Yeah, we got, okay. we got people I, all over um, the place.
1: But and likewise, this group, I think, is of interest around the world. The guy, Rick King, is the moderator and also author of um, a ongoing book of uh, frequency guides, particularly for aircraft is his thing so there's okay. a group it's it's uk afg so it's uk airband frequency group i think that stands for and it's okay. uk AFG.co.uk, and he hosts that and you can kind of join it i think it may be a subscription model but this is just chapter and verse on frequency stuff on scanning and the reason I mention it, he's got his own Facebook group as well, which is called uh, was it? N- N-U-K-S. So it's the National UK Scanning Group, again, a Facebook group. And mm-hmm. he's so helpful. If anyone has a question about SDRs and scanning, this guy is just uh, tremendous at uh, providing help. He just enjoys helping people. So that's, again, for people who might get into it and find that, oh, they've got so many questions. It's great to have places like that to go. So I thought yes. I'd just mention that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's the more resources, the better. So, in fact, uh, I'm working on right now is a a, uh, a, a crash course on how to. Get set up on SDRs and then a paid course that will really like get you into like the nuts and like what we're talking about here with Unitrunker and DSD plus fast lane and, and, yeah. you know, plugging things in and making, you know, this software talk to that software. And, uh, there's a lot. I mean, there is definitely getting you somebody up and walking in an SDR is that's the easy part. Then really like working on the muscle development and everything else beyond that. That's, you know, that's, yeah. that's where things can really, can take a turn. But, uh, it's, it's not impossible. It's not an impossible task, but it's a fun task. It's, it's one of these things. And, and once you start, you know, seeing all the different things you can do. And again, you, we were saying before being able to do shortwave and then also doing 800 megahertz, right? On a single radio. If you were to break down everything you'd have to buy in order to do that on separate pieces of equipment. I mean, you'd spend a couple hundred dollars just on yeah. the shortwave radio, then a couple hundred dollars just on a VHF-UHF combo, or, and, and something that does trunking and everything else. I mean, the ability to, like you were saying, $119 from HRO, which, again, is a U.S.-based company, but you've got dealers and distributors all over the world.
1: Yeah, it's, we've got a link on the website, just distributors, on the, mm-hmm. and just go to that. and there's, Most countries have local language in many cases to help uh, provide technical support
0: locally. Right. And that's the other great thing about your product too. It's, it's one product globally. It's not like where it's yeah. a UK variation an Australian variation and the United States variation. And then only the United States gets the software upgrades. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, I've seen that. It's yeah. like, everybody focuses here. And then the yeah. guys over like, you know, the other side, you know, by you, you know, on the other side of the pond are like, Hey, Hey, what about us? You know, yeah. where's our patches? Where's our firmware upgrades? So um, it's it's nice that it's 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 the ability to be and again you're not worried too about voltage conversions and stuff like that because it's USB powered and it's five volts and that's universal. I mean it's yeah. I think the other
1: thing, just looking a bit further forward in 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 the way this whole hobby is going to evolve, is that um, over time I think that. It's going to be—it's um, kind of machine learning, but ultimately, where 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 do you focus? Where do you tune? It's going to be a combination of, at the moment, we're providing visual stimulus. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I can see stuff. We're providing scanners that you can set up to very cleverly just go through whole banks of frequencies, but it's still very much today's computing if you like but just imagine in the future where you'll have smart algorithms analyzing the twitter sphere and you'll have loads of options <laughs> depending on your interests or mm-hmm. whatever i mean it's quite voyeuristic in some way but you know what i mean is like if, you, if you're really wanting to know you know there's kind of world news hot spots what's going on or or to, often there's um you know hurricanes going on that don't even mm-hmm. m- hit the news if you're if that's your thing then suddenly banks of frequencies dynamically populated to have maybe a chance of picking up some particularly this is down on HF where mm. propagation is is truly global or satellite frequencies but you know suddenly you can be scanning it's almost like uh, content specific scanning yeah. so you so it's kind of context so you're not trawling through and suddenly I want to hear stuff in the French language because something's go- kicking off in French, and I happen to know French, you know. And you don't have to even listen to anything in, in a different language. And I think that's where a lot of the hobbyists will have an interest in programming right. new tools in the future to bolt together to to this uh, SDR scanning technology. So that's right. just and uh, again,
0: and you and you just. You know, again, I, I, I'm constantly thinking as you tell me all these different things you can do in, in the scheduler too. It's like that's perfect, so you can actually set up when the meteor satellites come overhead, so you can schedule yeah. the your the uh, software to tune to those frequencies, and then after that, then move off and go back to something else. Instantly. So only during ex- yeah, yeah, only during those, those time passes, or um, you know exactly what you're saying is is. Um, with the weather and all that stuff, you know, you want to see what's going on over there, or if yes. you want to even tune into—I mean, even when there's natural disasters, the the amateur radio community reserves sets of frequencies to say, "Hey, stay off these frequencies because yeah. there might be stations in these in these areas." And again, you That's right. Schedule and set that as times well. times
1: of day when everyone goes quiet, just listening in case there's a little tiny ham radio yeah. signal coming from, from the other side it, of the group. Exactly.
0: It's so it's amazing. I mean it is all these different things you can do and and software defined radio allows you to yeah. do these things you know yeah. it's, it's crazy and I,
1: I think that might be another side effect of people who probably up till now have only been scanning up on vhf and above mm-hmm. okay and that's got their interest then they get into sdr and this is another great thing where there are rsp's that go all the way down through shortwave and below right then it's actually, oh, I wonder what is, whatever is this stuff down there? <laughs> and and they suddenly discover a whole new world of, yes. again, our scanner, you know, can be set the threshold if there's, you could just set, it's not so channelized down there, which is an issue, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just crammed, for, and there's so many signals simultaneously that it's just noise and hubbub. Even so, you kind of know that on the 10-meter amateur band, it's dead quiet, Apart from two days a month, where well, you could just yes. set something running. Oh, there's something going on, and then you turn right. on and find it.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, again, too, even with uh, shortwave broadcasts, they have they have a schedule, right? Certain certain shows yeah. come on at certain yeah. uh, radio stations, and again, to be able to schedule that so you don't miss it or set it yeah. up so that it, you know it records later on. Because again, there's um, there's there's one I just discovered. It's not what is it called not another radio show or something like that and what they'll do is they'll oh, have yeah. they'll have an audio broadcast and then right after the audio broadcast they'll they'll overlay short uh, SSTV on yes, top of it a little so picture. so it's, a... it's not a radio yes. show
1: i think it's good. Yeah, yes. yeah that's yes. Really impressive yeah you can you can make pick up these really cool images and of course mm-hmm. the international space station yes, have a lot of my favorite things to do yes slow scan tv pictures you can yes decode it's really cool and yeah to your point about these dx uh, stations if you're if you set your recording to be like 59 minutes to the hour to one minute after you mm-hmm. you're guaranteed to pick up the station id at the top of the hour which most stations do and tricks right. like that are yeah. a lot of fun yes and so exactly you can actually, do the whole of you know, shortwave in three chunks, and just record it, uh, two minutes every hour, and then go back and say, "I wonder what's there." Oh, this is mm-hmm. this is a good time of day for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so we haven't really talked about shortwave at all on on this podcast yet. We haven't really gone down that path. No, not to hold you up or anything else like that. But if somebody wanted to to, to pick up a, a the RSP DX right, which allows you to have two antenna ports which is the it's model that three, I have
1: three antenna. Ports. Oh, it's
0: three antenna ports on three, it. Ah. Yeah. There's yeah, a, looking there's at a,
1: it. there's two SMAs and a BNC for,
0: yes, which is okay. handy
1: for people who use these mag loops and,
0: Right, so is that what you would recommend though for somebody who's getting just this, that's taken you know an interest in the RSPDX and so okay, shortwave radio might be something I want to do? A Magna loop is something you would recommend just to get started out with? I mean, is that something? Yeah, that-
1: I think for antennas, you can you can do a lot with just a piece of wire if you get that piece mm-hmm. of wire away from electrical noise that which is an increasing problem. That was my problem. problem. And in <laughs> urban environments, uh, crowded housing space, yeah. whatever, it's it's. Really tough, and that's where these magnetic loops come into their own. We're actually going to be upgrading our website to start to advise a bit more on mag loops and other.
0: I saw you had antennas, a a, a some, recent yeah. blog post that went into that. That's also why I was yeah. asking you about that. So, but I've I've tried that random wire, and it didn't work here. My property is small. It's 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 not. I mean, for where I live, it's it's hundred feet by sixty feet, which I don't know how that translates over to meters for you, but yeah. it's it's a postage stamp basically. And I tried running it zigzag in my attic space, you know, back and forth, back and yeah. forth, back and forth across the house, and then out the gable vent, and then across the backyard, and yeah. it all it picked up was noise. It it was yeah. it was so horrible. It's,
1: it's almost like forget all the zigzag length. Just if you could just I mean a hundred feet is quite a good length. Uh, you should be able yeah, to – bit that that's to back
0: that's I mean, the the house tr- is in the middle. <laughs> so. oh, oh, okay. Okay. If you, you know can throw it I mean?
1: over the over the top of the roof and get it out of the attic a bit, I mean it's better the yeah. trouble. It's in the attic. It's typically a load of wiring and mains cables, yeah. which are just antennas radiating all yes. the all the noise. <laughs> you know.
0: Yep, and I have no trees in my property either. I cut them all down, you know, a long time ago. I have I have uh, cypress uh, shrubs up. I could probably just, but then again, the is going to come yeah. by with his I weed mean, whacker. It could be a, <laughs> slow,
1: a sloping antenna. <laughs> yep. I mean, the the key thing is get a bit of coax to get it out of the house, and then right. either just a. a yeah, I mean there's a lot to get into with matching and stuff like that, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you know you you can learn later but you can the main thing is get the noise level down and get right. enough of the strength of signal from a piece of wire. and if you're really constrained then yeah the magnetic loop is is a great way to go because it 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 just works from the magnetic field and mm-hmm. most of the inter- interference is is low short distance electrical noise
0: right. Right, so you eliminate all the electrical by going so, to magnetic so side of the house. Uh, yeah.
1: There's also some cool no, um, noise filters and things which you can get into on our product, which start to ha- help you lift signals nice. out of the noise. But that again, that takes takes time, and it's it's a bit yeah. frustrating if you have to you can't hear anything until you do that. It really isn't a, a good right. experience. But, um, exactly. But again, join but again, the um, Facebook group, and you can describe your setup as a newcomer and say, "Look, I've got this," mm-hmm. you know. What should I do? And people are—they're so helpful. It's really good. And the biggest kick we get is from the fact that there's this kind of loyal community of enthusiasts, mm-hmm. and it's just fun, you know.
0: All right. So where we we talked about a lot as far as as resources and and you know Facebook groups, groups I O the website. If somebody is really just sitting learning more right now about about the product, about both the software and the hardware, where would you direct them to go? Like. Just come right to right our
1: website, here. Phil, SDRPlay.com, www.sdrplay.com, and you know, start there and we'll guide you from there. Uh, there's links every which way from that point.
0: Mm-hmm. And the website is is very well done, let me say. It's 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 nice, it's smooth, and uh, the ability to find what you're looking for on there, because when I was researching it, you know, what I wanted to buy as far as an, uh, an SDR play. I didn't know which one to go with, right? I, it was either the RSP one, one that you, you know, we were saying the RSP one, a, the RSP DX or the RSP duo. And I went back and forth for a long time. as to which was the one I was going to settle in on. And, you know, the website really after digesting what you had on there and looking at the different versions of it, I mean, the more I looked at it, the more clear it became as to, you know, for me, the RSP DX would be the best solution for me. And, um, you know, the website made it. You know, like I said, I, I overanalyze what it is I'm going to buy. I don't just go out to say, I'm yeah. going to buy this one and just pull the trigger <laughs> on it. That's, that's not my personality. So when I say it took me a while to figure it out, it's because I had to go through my own personal process of it. But the yeah. website, that's the way you have it laid out, makes it very easy to do, to do that. And the ability too, for me to just dip my toe in the water with, uh, SDR play with the, rtl dongles and just get an idea of what it is i'll be doing with your hardware inside of your software the software is polished i mean there's there's no better way to say it i mean it's it's done very nicely the font the texture the way you navigate through things it really does make the entire experience of using software defined radios very enjoyable you know that's, and well that's
1: great great feedback and uh, i'll share that with uh, andy please. is our sort of software architect and he he just <laughs> Loves to hear feedback like that. So thank you, Phil. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Perfect. So, all right. So so anybody who's interested and is looking, again, sdrplay.com. And
1: HRO in the U.S., obviously, your local ham radio outlet will be mm-hmm. uh, more than happy. I mean, at the moment, they're still on click and collect, but I hope uh, that will open up quite soon in 2021 to the point where uh, you can breeze in and uh, get a demo, you know.
0: Nice. That'd be great. And again, too, we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes and also the all the Facebook groups that we discussed will also be in the session notes for today's podcast as well. So uh John, I I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's you're our first guest over from the UK, right? You're oh, so really? <laughs> it's uh, it's great to have you on there. And uh, again, I want to thank you for because the time shift, I want to thank you for spending your afternoon recording this session with us. I, I really do appreciate it.
1: Uh, it's been great, great fun, Phil. I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to chat with your audience.
0: Great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. John, thank you for your time and joining us on the podcast. It was great to talk to you about SDR Play and SDR Uno and how people can get started with SDR Uno even before they purchase the hardware. It's like taking the hardware for a free test drive before you make the purchase. And that is how I got, again, like we talked about it in, the, in the interview, how I got started with SDR Uno, and that really had me craving an SDR Play device. Again, in our session notes, we'll have links that John and I talked about through the podcast. There were quite a few links. You can find them all at scannerschool.com slash session 170. We will also be showing some uh, tutorials in our premium SDR course, which we'll release shortly. And again, if you're interested in software-defined radios, check out our webinar at ScannerSchool.com slash webinar. And now here is an open call again for anybody that wants to come on the podcast. We've been having pretty much every episode I think this month has had a guest on it. And it makes my life a whole lot easier because I don't really have to come up with the content. But it's nice to be able to break away a little bit and bring some variations into the podcast. So it's not just me talking, right? It's, it's nice to have a little bit of back and forth. It makes the podcast a bit more enjoyable, at least for me, to, to listen to it. So if you want to be a guest on the podcast, as you can tell, it's no, you know, no super crazy thing, right? You come on the podcast. We have a conversation. We talk about what it is that you have um, been working on or your expertise or something that you've, you found interesting in the scanner radio or software defined radio market, just come on the podcast, go to scannerschool.com slash guest. That's the fastest, easiest way to get yourself on the podcast. We have a calendar set up there and all you do is click on the date and time that works best for you. That's a, it's on the calendar and it's, it couldn't be any easier. So again, all the session notes are available from today's podcast at scannerschool.com slash session 170. And again, guys, you all know the drill, right? You know the speech by now. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're watching us over on YouTube or listening to us rather on YouTube, make sure you click subscribe and hit the bell so you know when a new video or new podcast is released on our YouTube channel. But most importantly, if you are enjoying the content that we have here, please share this with somebody whether it be via an email or on Twitter or on your Facebook groups, that's how you can help us grow and also how you can help us help more people because that is the goal here at Scanner School. We want to be able to help as many people with the scanner radio hobby as possible. So with that, I'm Philip Denberger. I want to thank you again for your support and for listening and enjoying Scanner School where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. We'll catch you all again next week, 73 everyone.